0: welcome everyone, uh, to the, uh, our weekly share, Agra Dipirka, um, hosted by the Agra Dipirka of Kugarn Hills and Rebezra Klein. Welcome everybody, um, this year. You could be heard afterwards on TarniTime.com on podcast. And, uh, we want to remind the Oilam Bezos Hashem today at 5.30. We continue our share on the Igaras Hagra, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Thursday at two thirty, we have a shear on the malachis of Shabbos with Shimru. Uh, all the shirim, as we mentioned, are now on podcast. They could be heard on Shas Illuminated as well. And blessed Hashem, this coming Thursday night will be a uh, monthly shear that is available exclusively on Shas Illuminated. Thursday night is Asar b'Teves. It's also Nitelnacht. Nacht. So the subject is Thursday night. Aside from questions and answers on any subject, the uh, subject will be uh, the history and mystery of Leil Nittel. All of the various shiurim and venues are available on our uh, website, rabbidg.com, um, where everything is consolidated. In fact, if you want to zoom in to any shiurim, you could just go to the website and click and you're right there. Okay, so Parshas Vayigash. Vayigash, we have one of the most uh, dramatic narratives and episodes in the entire Chumash, in the whole Tanakh. The reunion of Yosef and his brothers, the revelation of Yosef to his brothers. Yosef tells his brothers, "Ani It's me. I'm him. Remember the guy you sold to Egypt? You didn't want him to... Be a uh, king over you. If I could ask everyone on the phone to mute, please. Thank you. Remember me, Yosef says. Well, I'm the king of Egypt. <laughs> Is Dad still alive? Is our father still alive? <laughs> His brothers could not respond to him. They were astounded. They were shattered. They were frightened. The brothers had nothing to answer. They could not respond. This is Yosef. We thought we threw him in the pit. We thought he was consumed by the snakes and the scorpions. We thought that was the end of him. We thought we put an end to his dream. And here he is, king of Viceroy of Egypt. The brothers couldn't respond. And there is a very well-known medrash that when Yosef cried, the famous comments of Abba Kohen Bardola Amar: "Oy madin, o Woe to us from the day of judgment. Woe to us from the day of rebuke. If this was the reaction of the brothers to the remonstration and the uh, simple comment of their brother, if this is how the, the this was the response of the brothers when faced with the clear reality that this is Yosef, then all the more so will we be nivhalu, will we be unresponsive. On the Yom Hadin when God will reprimand us, says the Medrash, Yosef Yosef was the youngest of all the shvatim. They could not stand up to his rebuke. They were older than him. They were older than him. Says Abba Koyin Baradulah Lach Sheyavay Hakadosh Baruch Hu, when God will come V'yochiach Kolach V'yachar and reprimand each and every one Lefimash Shahu, Shenemer as the pasuk says Oychiachah V'erchal Einach I will reprimand you and I will set forth before your eyes Alachas Kama V'Kama. If the brothers cannot respond to Yosef, then what will be with us when God will say to us, No, what do you do with the life that I gave you? But it's interesting, what exactly was the great rebuke that Yosef gave the brothers? Did he in fact rebuke them? He just presented them with the reality. The reality was that, uh, He didn't reprimand them, he didn't rebuke them. What exactly was the big rebuke of Yosef HaTzadik? So, in the Shalasuchu, was Binyan Shloima. Yav Rav Shloyma Hakoyin Mivilna, he brings down from his brother, I believe, Rabbi Tzalel HaKoyin Mizona, who explained the meaning of the medrash. What does the medrash mean? Woe to us on the day of of judgment. Woe to us on the day of rebuke. And he cites the Gemara. That the Gemara tells us in Masech De Nazir and Dav Chav Gimel. The Gemara tells us about a, a nice gentleman who had in mind to eat McDonald's. He always wanted to eat McDonald's. And uh, he finally, he ordered McDonald's and he took a bite out of the hamburger and he looked at the label and uh, Uber Uber Eats made a mistake. Instead of bringing to him from uh, McDonald's, they brought brought to him from Kosher Delight, all of our Shalom. Right? And it turned out that he didn't eat a Chazer Treif. He ate... Uh, the uh, the double burger from uh, from kosher delight. So he didn't do anything wrong, and yet the Gemara tells us that someone who's nevertheless needs a kapara needs uh, atonement. The Gemara learns out from the pasuk, isha Let's say you have a a woman. And she takes another. She took another. She's never going to buy another pair of shoes again. She said, "I have enough shoes. I'm never going to buy a pair of shoes again." And then, a few minutes later, she develops an irresistible urge to buy another pair of shoes. Lo and behold, the husband knows uh, what's, the husband knows uh, his wife very well. And after he hears his wife make another, she's not going to buy another pair of shoes. He is made for her nether. Unbeknownst to her, her nether's off. Minutes later, she buys another pair of shoes. The Torah says, Isha Hafiram Vasham Even though the husband was made for the nether, she still needs kapara. Why? Because as far as she is concerned, she violated her nether. Even though in fact, in reality, the nether was off and she didn't violate anything, but she thought she was violating her nether. And therefore, she needs kapar because she thought she was violating her nether. Says the Shalzachos Binyan Shloima in the name of his brother. This is analogous to the case of the brothers of Yosef. Because even though the brothers of Yosef, in reality, they didn't do anything wrong. Nothing happened. There was no uh, no harm done. Think about what they did. All they did was... They promoted their brother to be the viceroy of Egypt. Yosef is second command in, in the world. He's basically running the world's economy. The, he's controlling uh, the entire uh, civilized uh, world. So, And the brothers did that to him. So great, they did him a very big favor. So what was wrong with what the brothers did? Oh, what was wrong with what they, what they did? Yosef tells them, next week... Yosef says, You thought to do bad to me. You wanted to harm me. You wanted me to get eaten and bitten by the snakes and scorpions. You wanted me to be carried off to a foreign land and to wallow in some dungeon somewhere. That's what your intention was. But God had other intentions and He he turned it around. So, I, you didn't do anything, you didn't do anything wrong. The result was wonderful. In fact, uh, the fact that Yosef's the viceroy of Egypt, he saved the Jewish people. He was able to uh, provide for them in time of famine and give them lodging and give them sustenance. So, in terms of uh, the outcome, it was very good. But that was not the brother's intention. They tried to inflict harm on him. So, it says Rabbi Salah Hakoyin, that the Kavachoymer of Abakoy and Bardullah is as follows. If when brothers, in reality, they didn't do anything wrong, the outcome was good, but nevertheless, they were so stunned and ashamed and embarrassed, they couldn't open up their mouth. Why? Because they had bad intentions. Allah <laughs> Kama If somebody thinks to do an Avera, has intentions of doing an Avera, and they do an Avera. Allah kama come the Kama. We will have no response. We will not be able to speak back. We will not be able to say anything when the Yoban Shalom says, you thought you were eating McDonald's and you did? What are you going to say now? You thought you were speaking during Khazar Sashat's and you did? What are you going to say now? You thought you were lying and you did? What are you going to say now? In other words, the kavaharma is as follows. If, in the case of the brothers, they were lecho basar biyadoi basar tle. They intended to eat pig, and they ate kosher delight. They intended to harm Yosef, and they didn't. And even so, they had no response to their father. We alachas kama when we intend to sin and we do sin, and God's going to say, "Rabbi, what, what did you do?" We will have no response. Now, what is so interesting is that the. What we're learning is that if a person intends to do an Avera and does not do an Avera, they need Kapara. And that is learned from the Pasuk in Matos. V'yam hafei ar yafei ar oysam yishach shamai kalma yitzas zifaseh halindar el yisad ashaloyakam yishach hafei ram v'ashem yislach la Her husband will be made for the nether and God will atone her. Who remembers? Who was very, um, Rabbi Maskowitz, uh, there's an echo on the phone, so maybe we have to mute it, or there's something we could do? Who remembers that when they got up, somebody, when they got up to this Pasuk, would be very emotional and would cry? Hello, could you hear me? Okay. In No, no, not on the on the phone. The phone is uh, audible. Yeah, okay. Let's make sure. So the Gemara tells us in Masechtan Nazir, Tanur Abano, number six, Isha Hafiram Hashem Yisachla. We're talking about a woman who her husband was made for her nether and she didn't know, and she needs kapara. Says the Gemara, "Shahaya Magia Rabbi Akiva itzal pasuk ze haya boicha." When the great Rabbi Akiva gave to his pasuk, he would cry. Why? He would say as follows: "Uma mi shen lalois biyadoi basar chazir vaala biyadoi basar tle ton kapara." If somebody who had in mind to eat kosher meat and eat treif meat needs atonement, hameskaven lalois biyadoi basar chazir. Someone who intends to eat treif. And he eats treif alachas kama v'kama. And the question is, why Dafka Rabbi Kiva? Why was it Rabbi Akiva was the one who always cried when he got to this Pasuk? Why not Rav Tarfain? Why not Rav Shimon Gamlia? Why not Rabbi Yeshua? Why not Rabbi ben Nazariah? Says the holy Rabbi Yosef Engel. He brings from the Sefer Bishmal Ahren Alatar Parshas Pinchas in the name of the Nezer HaKodesh. You know why Rabbi Akiva would cry? Because the Zohar Hakadosh and the Ari teach that the Asara Haruge Malchus were a Gilgal of the ten Shvatim that Yosef that sold Yosef, and Yosef told them, "Atem chashavtem olai Yosef said, "You had bad intentions, but God turned it around." Yosef deemed the act of his brothers Niskavein lechal Basar Chazir V'olah Biadar Basar Tle Now, of all the Asara Harugei Malchus who faced the most painful and torturous death, Rabbi Akiva, they raked his flesh with iron combs. Why Rabbi Akiva? Well, the Zoyar and Ari teacher Rabbi Akiva was a Gilgal of Shemayin, the main... Perpetrator of the Mechiras Yosef, and therefore Rabbi Akiva bared the brunt of the Mechiras Yosef, and therefore Rabbi. And what is Mechiras Yosef? It is reckoned as Yosef says, "Atem Mechiras Yosef is mishin lecha t'la. So if Mechiras Yosef is a scenario of someone who intends to sin and doesn't. Who would certainly be so pained reading that there is severe repercussions and punishment for Allah biyaday Basar Chazir, um, for Chashva Lechabasar Chazir, Meskavin Lalis be Basar Chazir, Va Allah Basar Tle? None other than Rabbi Akiva, because Rabbi Akiva, the Gilgal of Shemain, was most responsible for Mechiras Yosef. So that's an amazing pshat quoted by Rabbi Yosef Engel of why Rabbi Akiva was so taken and so pained. And this Pasuk was something that uh, really uh, resonated and pained Rabbi Akiva more than any of the other tannaim. But let's discuss this uh, subject briefly. The idea that one needs Kapara not only for Doing an Avera, but one needs Kapara for thinking they're doing an Avera, even if in fact they did not. The Gemara tells us the story in Misach the Aflamid base. Rabba Bar Ravhuna wanted to test his son. Ravhuna, excuse me, wanted to test his son, Rabba. So Ravhuna took Rabba's silk garment and he ripped it in front of him. So Ravuna took Rabbah uh, his son's favorite suit or jersey, and he said Zah! he just tore it in front of him. He wanted to see: will he get angry? Will he not get angry? Says the Gemara, but how is he allowed to do that? Maybe he'll get angry, and the father will be causing his son to get angry, and he'll be over lufneiver leisuteim So the Gemara says, no, he's not going to be over lufneiver because if his son's get ang- if his son gets angry. Rafuna will be Michaelhem, Him, so his son will not have done an Avera. The Gemara asks, I, but he's, uh, the son will have violated Baal Tashchis. No, he's gonna rip it on the hem and he could sew it back together. So the Gemara, so Toysas asks, wait a second. Toysas asks, if it's very nice, that Rav Huna will not be over lefnei ver leisitei because Rabba will not have been, have done an Avera for getting angry because Rabba was Meichelhem. Because, excuse me, Rav Huna was Meichelhem. The father was Meichelhem. But Rabba the son doesn't know that his father was Meichelhem. So even though if he insults his father, he will not have been doing an Avera because his father was Meichelhem, but he doesn't know his father was Meichelhem. So this is analogous to Neskavein Lechal Basar Chazir Va'ala Biyadoi Basar tla You intend to do an avera, and in fact, you didn't do an avera. So here, the sun. Now this is amazing. The sun intended to get angry but it will not have been sinful for him to get angry because his father was Michael him so in that case the question is is that a problem and toisus is mkhadesh that if the son does not know the father was michael him the son will not will have done a crime for getting angry and toisus is therefore forced to say the father told the son kid if you get angry i will be michael you so this way the the son is not not only is he not doing an avera, he's not doing something that he thinks is an avera. Now, we see an even added chiddush, Because Tosis' question is, not how could the son get angry. How is the father allowed to cause the son to get angry? What do you mean? The father is moichel Yeah, but the father is causing the son to do something that the son thinks is wrong. So Toysus is saying an even bigger chedosh. You're not only you're not allowed to cause someone to do an avera, which is lufne iver lesi temichshal. You're not allowed to cause somebody to do something that they think is an avera, even though in reality it's not an avera. I know you're you're wondering uh, how come the rabbi didn't mention Rav Meir yet. Okay, so um, I know that was uh on your mind. So there there's an interesting Gemara that. I was saying over at the table on Shabbos that maybe that was my mistake, but the Gemara says that uh, Rav Meir ran away because either because they were trying to kill him for uh, freeing his sister-in-law, or because he was embarrassed that his wife committed suicide. Yeah, that's right. This is not in the Sefer. Uh, you know, the Sefer is for a general audience, but the Gemara tells us in Avodah that Rav Meir's wife committed suicide why did she commit suicide because Rav Meir gave a sheer nosham daiten kalais and uh, what that means I'm not going to explain right now and Reva uh, Bruria did not like that Bruria said what are you talking about I'm uh, I'm a very I'm not daiti kala so Meir's student wanted to prove that nosham daiten kalos so he tried to convince Bruria to be Mizdana with him. So there's a question. Even though he wasn't going to do it, but how can you... You can't cause somebody to do... Not only can't you cause someone to do an aver, you can't cause someone to do something that they think is wrong. So Toysus Kach how could Rav Huna try to elicit Rabbah to get angry, even though Rav Huna was Moichel Rabbah, but Rabbah doesn't know that. And Toysus is forced to say he told Rabbah. And based on this Toysus... There are uh, a number of uh, very interesting chidushim in the tshuvas of Rav Shom, Zal, and Arbach. In the Mincha Hey, he talks about the following case. A woman whose husband is in the city is not over yichud if she goes into seclusion with a man. However, what if <coughs> the husband is in the city but the woman made a mistake and the woman thinks he left the city. Can Reuven go into seclusion with Shprinza when Reuven knows that Shprinza's husband is in the city and therefore maybe as far as he's concerned it's not Yichud. But as far as she thinks the scenario is it is Yichud. He got the case Sprinza's husband is, uh, next door. So Sprinza's allowed to go into Yichud. The only thing is, Sprinza doesn't know her husband's next door. She thinks her husband is in, uh, Dubai. And, so as far as she's concerned, she's not allowed to go into Yichud. Can Ruvain go into Yichud with Sprinza? So first Rosh Shomazaman says, that, regarding Ruvain. He can't go into yichud with her because just because she might be afraid of her husband, he is not afraid of her husband. And the heter of uh, the heter does not work if she doesn't know about it because it doesn't work for him because there's no heter of bailo ima only regarding her, not legabe him, and, and she doesn't know about it. But then Rav says a bigger Even if Baila does work Lagabe, the man who goes into Yichud, he still can't go into Yichud with her. Because since she doesn't know that her husband's in the city, she thinks she's doing an Avera of Yichud. And if you're bringing her into the room, you're Oiver Lifnei Iver L'asitein on the Avera of she's not doing anything wrong because her husband's in the city but she doesn't know that so you're not allowed to cause somebody to do something that they think is navera you hear that you're with me everyone everyone good today everyone in a good mood everyone looking forward to yes uh, yes Yaakov says yes Yaakov says everyone's in a good mood there you have it. Of course, you understand, you know, of Ah, thank you. Fantastic. So, nice. so, um, is that you cannot cause somebody to do something that they think is an Avera. Next case. Um, let's say you want to go to a restaurant. Let's say you want to go to Sushi Mitsuyan. Yeah. And, I don't want to pick a name. Let's pick a name. We're going to call it, uh, Sushi Delight. Because nobody used that name yet. And if you want to use that name, I just, I just patented it now. So you're going to have to get, uh, you know, I have the copyright on that name. But you go to Sushi Mitsuyan and you go there and you say, well, uh, is there a hexer? And the answer is they're under the VAD. But because they're a new store, they didn't put up the sign yet. Are you allowed to eat in that store? No, because you don't know that it's kosher. Can an owner of a store open up a kosher store and not put up the kosher symbol, not put up the paper from Navad? because what he's going to be doing is he's going to be causing people to eat in a store when they're not allowed to eat there because they don't know for sure that it's kosher. So in other words, the food is kosher. He's serving 100% kosher food, but the people are not allowed to eat there until they verify the kosher, kosher certificate. So what you're causing people to do is you're causing them to violate So Reb Sholmah says, No, you one may not give food to people. If you give food to people, where the mikabel needs to ask, is it kosher or not? Or is Chumas and taken off? The Neustayn has to say, yes, it is kosher. Because if he just gives it to them and they're going to eat it, and they were not allowed to just rely on you that it's good, they needed to do their due diligence, if you're going to cause them to eat it without them finding out about the Kosherness of the food, you're violating with Naiva loisite mikshal on the isra of nisqavin biyadar lechal, nisqavin lechal basar khazirva ala basar tleh. Or let's say another situation. A man comes into a room with a woman. And the woman knows there's a back door so it's not yichud, but the man doesn't know. The woman is over and isser drabanan of being in misyached with him, even though it's in reality not because he doesn't know it's not So she's causing him to violate something which he thinks is an avira, even though in reality it's not an avira. Now there's a very interesting chakira. This avira of causing someone to do something that they think is wrong, in reality it's not wrong. What avira is it? For example, when the person eats the Basar Tleh, he eats the kosher delight, but he thought it was McDonald's. Is he getting somewhat of a quasi-avera of eating McDonald's? Or is it that, no, of course he's not getting an avera for eating McDonald's, it's kosher delight. But he's getting a sin of lack of fear of God. Because if he feared God, he never would have attempted to eat something that he thinks is treif. So you'll say, of course, you can't say the person gets that sin. You can't say that if a man goes into Yichud with a woman, or a woman goes into Yichud and she doesn't know her husband is there, she's over Yichud, maybe she's uh, showing a lack of fear of God, but she's not over Yichud. But the Maharit al-Ghazi, it's quoted in the Biurim uh, V'yunim of B'nyamin Luban, Shlita, the Rosh Hashiva of Yeshiva Taras Chaim in uh, Miami, he brings the Maharit al-Ghazi who says, what about the following scenario? A woman was Mazana. A woman who was married was Mazana. Or at least that's what she thought. She thought she was Mazana. Turned out her husband was dead. So she was Mazana December 21st. And uh, lo and behold, she she didn't wake up her husband a few days before. She figured he overslept a few days and turned out uh, he, he's he been dead since uh, since last Thursday night. So, okay, fine. Very nice. Actually, it's not so nice, but, uh, but she wasn't mazana. We know that Allah is if a woman was mazana, she's ushered to the bayal. But this woman is not, wasn't mazana because her husband was dead. Marid Al Ghazi says she's still ushered to the bayal. Cause since she thought she was doing an avera, the Isr bayal applies whether you do an avera or even if you think you're doing an avera. So that seems to indicate that the isir of basar khazir basar ta is not just a lack of fear of God. You get the isra of eating basar Chazir. You get the isra of znos. So now we come to the main subject of today's share. And that is the mysterious comments of the Arachaima Kadosh and Parshas Vayichi. Where Yosef says to his brothers, Atem alayra malaira eloikim chasavalatoiba. You thought you were doing something bad. God considered it good. Okay? We already saw from Rev Batala HaKoyin Mivilna that the brothers had no response because they, they, they did an Avera. They tried to harm Yosef and nothing, uh, nothing bad happened, but still they had no response for their intention. But Arachaimakadr says that Yosef is telling the brothers, Eloi Kim You know what this is similar to? This is similar to. You had in mind to poison your friend. You poured him a cup of uh I don't know, arsenic. Um Gasoline, Coca-Cola, any of those three uh, poisonous substances. It turned out it was delicious. It was wine. You're not high of anything. You have no responsibilities. Even from the account of heaven, even in the eyes of God, you are Potr Vayashar, you are clean, you have a clean slate, you did nothing wrong. You are not accountable, not to Bnei Adam and not Lishamaim. And these words of Archaim Kadosh are Hafla Vafelah. Where Yosef is saying, You just had bad intentions against me. You're not responsible for bad intentions. Like someone who tries to poison their friend and and in reality was pouring them a cup of delicious wine. Who's their potter? Medine Shamayim. What in the world is Archaim talking about? That if you pour poison to your, if you think you're pouring poison to your friend, and you in reality poured wine, your potter. We just got through saying a whole she'er about that. Not only is there a sin for committing a sin, but even if you intend to sin. That alone is sinful. That needs kapara. What happened to isha Hafei Hashem Yisrachla? The woman thought she was violating an edder. And she needs kapara because... She needs kapara because she thought what she was doing in Avera, even though her husband uh, was made for it. What happened to the woman who's viol- you're causing to violate Yichod because she doesn't know her husband is in town? What about the person who you are now to give food to, who doesn't know that there's a good hachshar. What about the son who doesn't know that you are meichelim? You can't get him angry. So what's Yosef telling the brothers? Eh, it doesn't matter that you intended to harm me, but we know the halach is that if you try to if you try to harm somebody, if you try to do an avera. And in reality, it's not a bear. you still need kapara. What's Arachayim Kadosh saying? It's analogous to somebody who tries to poison their friend and in reality gave them wine. That person is pater? Wouldn't we say that person is chayiv because Isha HaFeram Rum Vashem Yisachla? Everyone and their third cousin asked this question on Arachim Kadosh. What exactly is Yosef assaging the brothers? Don't worry, you just had bad intentions. Bad intentions are very serious. You're not even allowed to cause someone else to have bad intentions, let alone have bad intentions yourself. And in the footnote on Archaim HaKadosh, it's written, Vaharbe Diyoi Nishbach Divrei Rabbeinu. Much ink has been spilled to try to answer the words of the holy Archai HaKadosh. Rabbi, but in this case with Yosef, doesn't he actually say to the brothers... That, you know, you did, you had your intentions, but you. we knew that Hashem sent me down here for a purpose, and in the end, result. So, it doesn't matter about their intentions, because Hashem was the one that set all this up, so that Yosef could help out Benay Israel. In the end, it was Hashem, Yad Hashem did this, and he acknowledges this. Okay, still, but... Uh the brothers still are accountable for their evil thoughts. I mean, we learned that if someone has bad thoughts, even though Hashem frustrates the result, you're still accountable for not only your bad actions, but your bad plans. So the brothers, while in reality God was planning for good, the brothers had devious uh, thoughts. Why are they not accountable for that? That's that's the question we're going to try to answer this morning we're going to offer a number of possibilities. So the Shalat Shuvas base Yitzchak of Rav Yitzchak Shmelkes, he brings this Arachayim Hakadosh and he says hadvarim tmuim because chazirva You need kapara. Well. There's a very big difference between someone who intended to eat McDonald's and ate kosher delight and the brothers who tried to kill Yosef and sold him to Mitzrayim. What's the difference? When you intend to eat McDonald's, what's the result? The result was you ate kosher delight. As delicious as kosher delight is. And as well-priced as it was, there is no mitzvah in the Torah to eat kosher delight. Even if you intended to eat Burger King, and instead Hashem brought you Carlos and Gabby's. Nevertheless, there is no mitzvah in the Torah to eat Carlos and Gabby's. So therefore, since the result was discretionary and the intention was evil, you need kapara for your bad thoughts. But in the case of the brothers, their intention was devious, but the result was not discretionary, the result was positive. So since the result was positive, then they're not that sort of cancels out the devious intention. Meaning when the result is is neutral. You wanted to eat pig and instead you ate a kosher burger. There's no mitzvah in the Tar to eat a kosher burger. So all were left with his the intentions. The intentions were evil and therefore you're accountable. But if the result was positive, namely in this case, the result was that Yosef was sold down and became the viceroy of Egypt and he's controlling the world economy is protecting the Jewish people. So then that, in other words, uh, the means, the ends justify the means. The, the ends justify the means. Since the result was good, you're right, you shouldn't have had bad intentions, but you were sort of saved by, saved by the bell, saved by the viceroy. And says the Beis Yitzchak, according to this, this would explain the following very question, uh, very difficult psak of the lavush. Now I tell you the truth, I'm afraid to say the lavush publicly. Um... All right, fine. I'll say it. The <laughs> th- this is quite a uh, provocative case. Here you have a guy. He he wants to uh, he wants to have an extramarital relation. Now the wife gets wind of it, so the wife says she has a great idea. She'll dress up as a Zoyna. make him think that he's being mezana. He'll get it off his, you know, get it out of his system. And then everything will be fine. Is she allowed to do that? You'd say, how could she do that? She's causing him to do something that he thinks is an Avera. Isha Hafeiram Vashem Yisachla. says Lavush, it's permitted. Why? Because when you think you're eating McDonald's, At the end of the day, okay, you ate uh, a kosher burger, there's no mitzvah to eat a kosher burger, but there is a mitzvah to live with your wife. So even though he thinks that he's living with, um, he thinks he's living with an ashesish, but at the end of the day, he's doing a mitzvah, he's living with his wife, so the levush paskins its mutter. And uh, the basic Yitzchak says, the logic of that is that if the ends are a mitzvah, then it justifies the means. Another answer, the Beis Yitzchak gives, and I didn't say this over in the past. Bein <laughs> Adam we know Yom Kippur is not Machaper. But what if I'm not violating Bein Adam I just plan to violate Bein Adam Then Yom Kippur is Machaper. Yom Kippur is Machaper on an avera you plan to do to your friend. So what Yosef is telling to the brothers is, Look, you didn't do anything bad to me. You planned to do any, something bad to me? Not a problem. Yom Kippur will take care of that. That's what Yosef meant. Your pater bidine shamayim. Third approach the yosef and parshas Do you know when your person is accountable for having bad intentions? That's if they were planning to eat a cheeseburger and it turned out to be a kosher delight. But what if, in their minds, even though what they were doing, God would consider an Avera, but in their minds what they're doing is not an Avera. For example, what? The brothers. Did the brothers really think that they were trying to kill Yosef? in cold-blooded murder, and they were, they were trying to kill him, the brothers didn't think and plan to do what they thought was an Avera. In their mind, they were doing a mitzvah. They pasken that Yosef was Chayif Misa. And when they sold him, they pasken that he was uh, liable to be sold as a slave. And according to the Arachayim HaKadosh and Vayeshev, the brothers considered... That they were an eid echad or an eid zayimim because they tried, he tried to get them in trouble, and as the svarno explains, that they held he was liable to misab, that he was trying to kill them because either he wanted their father to curse them and they would die, or they would be punished. And in their mind, they weren't in their mind they weren't eating a cheeseburger. In their mind, they were they were eating kosher delight. You're right. they thought they were doing something that God would consider a sin, but it's not something they thought that they... It's not something... They weren't trying to do something that they thought was a sin. So Yosef tells the brothers like this. The result was good. The intention, your intention was bad, but in your mind, you thought you were doing something good. I, the Archaim HaKadosh, analogy is, this is analogous, to someone who tries to poison their friend, and it turns out he gave them wine to drink. So isn't that talking about a guy who, in his mind, he was doing something wrong? The Archaim says no. The Padre Yosef says what the Archaim means is that we're talking about someone who came to a halachic conclusion that his friend is liable to the death penalty and was trying to poison him in order to administer capital punishment. Now, that's a little bit doichek in Arachayim HaKadosh. Does a, is that what the Arachayim HaKadosh means? That this is similar to someone who tries to poison their friend. He's talking about someone who paskin in bezdin that his friend is high of the death penalty. I don't think bezdin usually uh, kills people by poisoning them. The simple P'sha'an Arachayim HaKadosh is that if somebody plans on poisoning their friend, and if they turned out to have given them wine, they're not liable to punishment. Again, which is uh, questionable, because uh, as we learned, if someone plans to do something wrong, even if it turned out to be good, they need kapara. So we're going to uh, explore two more options. The Arve Nachal, Rav David Ivshitz, the author of the Levush srad on the Muget Avram. He says as follows. Let's say somebody bad mouths a worker and says, this guy, he's uh, a cl- uh, clumsy guy. He doesn't know he doesn't know his right hand from his left hand. He wants the boss to fire the guy. And the boss says, oh, the guy's a lefty? Oh, I'm, I, I I happen to need a lefty. I was looking for a southpaw for my uh, baseball team. Oh, thanks for letting me know. And the boss promotes him to a great position because he's a lefty. So even though the uh, the guy in between tried to harm the guy, but nevertheless, at the end of the day, he caused something good. The, the Arve Nachal says that... When is a person liable for bad intentions? That's bein adam la'makim. Bein a person is liable to bad intentions because to haKadosh Baruch thoughts and deeds are equal. To God, action and thought is all the same. So if you had bad thought, then that's the equivalent of ha- of doing a bad action. Bein adam L'chaverai, Your friend does not care what you're thinking because he doesn't know what you're thinking. So when it comes to bein adam L'chaverai, you're right. If you try to poison your friend and you gave him wine, you're not liable. A person is liable to for bad thoughts. That's if they had bad thoughts in trying to violate But if it's that's what Yosef tells the brothers. Am I in the place of God? I don't know what's doing in your heart. Your evil intentions are irrelevant. Are are not are not important. Are insignificant because. Evil thoughts are only problematic, you're only accountable for them in the realm of adam la and not in the realm of B'naadim la I heard an answer, uh, many years ago, from Rabbi son Avner Saks, Rashiva of Beis Medrash Latamar, to answer up the Sara Chayma of why he says that Yosef tells the brothers, eh, what did you do already? The result was good, and intentions, you're not liable for intentions. Similar to the Arve with a little bit of a lumdisha twist. The Rambam writes, in Hilchas Brachas, that you only make a Bracha Meinodam lamakam. You don't make a brother, a Bracha Meinodam You're about to give Tzedakah. You don't say, Baruch HaTashem Lekehem Lekehelam, Al-Nasina Tzedakah, and then you give a guy Tzedakah. Or you don't knock on the hospital door and say, And, or you invite someone to your house, he walks in your house, you shove him out! You say, get out, one second! Oh, now come back in. The guy said, now you threw me into the mud, I can't, now, now you could come in, now that I made a brach. You don't make a brach, why not? Why don't you make a bracha beinadamachaveyam? So, the Rajva writes in a tshuva that you can make a bracha. You have a lulav, you make a bracha, you know you're going to pick it up. But, if you're going to make a bracha anachnasasarachim, anachnasasarachim, he might come in, smell the cholent, and say, uh, excuse me, I forgot, uh I left my hat and shul and uh, never come back again. You know, or eh, ben Adem, uh, you're going to make a bracha on uh, biker Chaylem. biker Chaylem. The guy looks at you and the guy kicks you out of the room. Maybe you won't be able to be Mikhaim the mitzvah. So since the Rajvah says B'Kur chavero is not dependent, is not within your ability to fulfill or not to fulfill, so therefore the uh, Rajvah says you do not make a bracha on biker Chaylem, on on B'Kur Chaylem. But Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach has a, another twist. Why we didn't make? Why we don't make a bracha on Benad Chaveray? Question. If somebody sits in a sukkah on sukkah and has in mind not to be mekayim the mitzvah, so he doesn't get the mitzvah. The truth is if somebody sits in the sukkah on sukkah and they don't think anything, they also don't get the mitzvah. Because mitzvot trichos kavana. you need to have in mind that you're being mekayim the mitzvah of Hashem. But certainly if you have in mind not to be Mikhaim the mitzvah, you're not Mekayim the mitzvah. What if somebody sits in a sukkah on Sukkot, has in mind not to be Mikhaim the mitzvah, does he get an avera of eating outside of the sukkah? It says of Shamazaman, maybe he does. Maybe if someone has negative kavana not into not to eat in the sukkah, Maybe someone. Maybe it's considered as if he ate outside of the sukkah, because since you don't get the mitzvah, it's you ate and you're not you're not eating in a sukkah. Or what about says Rav Zalman, No, you can't say that because at the end of the day, you're in a sukkah, so maybe you don't get tzar for eating in a sukkah, but you're not going to get punished for eating outside of a sukkah. Says Rav Shlomazamen, you know what it's like. Let's say you lost your keys and I returned it to you. Or, I pay back a worker. Let's say like this, we know that if somebody does a job, there's a mitzvah in the tar to pay them back on that day. Let's say you say, I'm paying you back, but I have kavana not to be mekayim the mitzvah. So you don't get the mitzvah. But do you get an averah of not paying the person back on that day? In other words, the guy gave you a haircut. You're mechuyiv to pay him on that day. And you hand him the money right away and you say, not to be Mekayim the Mitzvah. Fine, so you don't get a Mitzvah. But you get an Avera of not paying back on that day? No, you don't get an Avera. You know why? Because you did the Mitzvah. You did it. Because the Mitzvah is not some kind of magical action of moving your hand in this direction. The Mitzvah is so he should have the money on that day, and he has the money on that day. In fact... Ruby Yosef Engel in the Asvan D'Raisa says an amazing chiddush. He says, even if we hold mitzvah strichas kavan, which means, what's the halacha, what mitzvah does a person fulfill if they put on tefillin and they didn't think anything? The answer is, they're not mekayim any mitzvah. What mitzvah did a person fulfill if they go to shul and they said Shema and they didn't have in mind explicitly, I have kavanah to makeai in the midst of Shema. What mitzvah did they do? They did the mitzvah of not speaking lashon hara, but they didn't get the mitzvah of saying Shema. They didn't have kavanah to say Shema. Says the Raisa, what mitzvah does a person do if they gave a hundred dollars to tzedakah and they didn't think anything? Says Rebbei they get the mitzvah of tzedakah. I mitzvah srichos kavana? No, mitzvah srichos kavana is only bein La la'makom. Bein La la'makom, you need kavana. You know why? Because here's my lulav. You see my lulav. So it's a special supernatural act of lifting up the lulav. If I am not thinking, I am fulfilling the mitzvah of God. I didn't do anything. But if I pull money out of my wallet and I give the ani twenty dollars and I say here. And I have in mind... I don't have anything in mind. I don't have in mind to make a mitzvah. I get the mitzvah anyway, you know why? Because the Oni could take the $20, get two slices of pizza, a coffee, and a Danish, and an ice cream. You think the ani cares what my kavana was? Who cares? The ani says, I don't care what you're thinking. You could be thinking that you want the New York Times to take a picture of your uh, magnanimity, uh, magnanimousness and uh, put it on the front cover of the New York Times. What... The ani doesn't care what you're thinking. The, when it comes to ben adam the ikr is the result, not the act. And when the ikur is the result, kavana is irrelevant. You don't have to have kavana. In fact, the klichemda in the end of klichemda in conscious uh, achron, he says, "You know why you don't make a bracha ben adam Because the purpose of a bracha is to supply kavana ben adam You don't need kavana because the ikr is not the act." Question. It, when when you invite guests, is the Icar thing saying to the guest, I want you to come into my house. And then, oh, you got it? The Icar is the guy should have something to eat. So whether you were Mechavim to Mechavim or you weren't, the guy's salami sandwich tol- tastes exactly the same. And that's why you don't make a bracham in Odom because by, by by Ben Odom L'Chavirah the iker is the result, not the maysa. Rabbi Sachs brought the following analogy. If someone is eats matzah without any kavana, they don't get a mitzvah. But if someone eats kudshim, which is a mitzvah without any kavana, you get a mitzvah. Why? Because by matzah the mitzvah is to eat the matzah, is the act of eating. So if you don't have kavanah you're not making a mitzvah. By kudshim, the mitzvah is that it should you know there's no mitzvah you should eat it. The mitzvah is it needs to be eaten, it's the result. Whenever the result is the mitzvah, Kavanah is not important. So uh Rabbi Sachs suggested um, very nicely and very correctly that the same way by Bainadama Khaverai. If you don't have any kavana when you're mekayim, you still get the mitzvah because your positive kavana is not necessary because the ikar is the result. By ben adam la if you had negative kavana, it's also irrelevant because the kavana is only critical by ben adam la makam where the, where the matter at hand is the action and not the result. So in the matter at hand is the result, namely that your friend should have something to eat, the same way you don't need positive kavana, negative, negative kavana doesn't hurt you. And therefore the Archaima Khaj is correct in saying, if you attempt to poison your friend and you gave him wine, you don't need any kapara, because in the realm of adam La the ikr, mitzvah or avera is the result and not in the intentions. Let me tell you over um, one more Chiddush that I heard from Rabbi Sachs, and then I want to tell you over um, a small addition. Whenever Rabbi Akiva would come to the Pasuk, Isha Haferama Hashem Yisachla, he always cried. Apparently, Rabbi Akiva, he was, you know, a sensitive soul. He was, he must have been prone to tears after all. No other Tana, when they got up to this Pasuk, cried. When they got up to the Pasuk, And yet, in the famous story at the end of Makos, when uh, Ram Gamliel and Rabbi Laz and Rabbi Yeshua, they were on the Temple Mount, and they saw the foxes on the Temple Mount, they were the ones who were crying, and Rabbi Akiva, he's laughing. And Rabbi Akiva is saying, Wow! If God is making the first part of the prophecy come to fruition, namely Shualim Hilkhubai, then we could be sure that the second part of the prophecy of Alid Yeshvu Zakinim Zakenes will come to fruition also. And Rabbi Akiva, in what everybody else saw as a tragic and sad moment, Rabbi Akiva laughed. He was Mitsachek. So how do we reconcile these two reactions? When it comes to the Pasuk of Isha HaFeiron Vashem Yisachla, Rabbi Akiva cried. And when it comes to the foxes dancing on the Temple Mount, Rabbi Akiva is laughing and smiling and besimcha. And uh, Rabbi Sachs pointed out something very uh, powerful. He said that, Rabbi Kiva's reaction is the exact opposite of what mo- of the way most people would- re- would react to a, a typical scenario. When difficulties happen in this world, when times are tough, when we see apparent injustice, and we see that the Hashkacha in the world is not the way we think it should be, then all of a sudden, many people, most people, mankind, they're up in arms. Why is God doing that? How could He do that? Where's the justice? How is this fair? When most people would see foxes on the Temple Mount, they would mourn, they would, it's a tragedy. Why is God doing this? Rabbi Kiva did not consider the actions of God tragic. Rabbi Kiva had enough Faith in God to understand that the ways of God are just and are latoyba, and ultimately the Ibn Shalom, Shalom knows what He's doing a lot better than we do, and everything He does is for our ultimate benefit. And on the other hand, most people, when it comes to their personal accountability, when it comes to their own actions, and Giving a divavant for their own behavior and personality, then all of a sudden people are very understanding and accepting, yeah, it's okay what I do. It's okay what I think. It's okay how I am. It's okay how I behave. Most people when it comes to God are very skeptical and question and oh, this is terrible, this is a bad thing, this is horrendous. Why is this happening? And when it comes to their own personal actions and the way they live their life, people are very, very understanding and accepting, and have explanations and rationale. And Rabbi Kiva was the exact opposite. When it comes to the to the ways of God, to the Jewish tragedy and the hashkacha practice, Rabbi Kiva was very understanding. Rabbi Kiva understood God has a plan. God has a a uh, architectural plans for the way the world will run. And even though it seems tragic and there are Rabbi Kiva understood ultimately Adiesh was a was a Rabbi Kiva when it came to the ways of God was very understanding. You know where Rabbi Kiva held one should be skeptical and circumspect and questioning when it comes to yourself, when it comes to your own behavior, when it comes to your own actions and thoughts. You know what moved Rabbi Kiva to tears? The Pasuk. Isha HaFeirama, Hashem Yisachla. What moved Rabbi Kiva to tears was the concept that the Rebbe Shom holds us accountable not only for our actions, but for our intentions and our thoughts. And Rabbi Kiva is, so to speak, the dichotomy of Rabbi Kiva's behavior. Where he is understanding and offers justification, and where he is scrutinizing and holds accountable... We have to learn to hold ourselves accountable and be understanding with the ways of HaKadosh Baruch But if I could add one humble idea. From where did Rabbi Akiva learn this great ability to look at tragedy and to look at the foxes on the Temple Mount and to look at Chorben and to look at devastation and destruction and to laugh and to be besimcha and to say okay, we understand, we're not happy that the Shualim are on the Temple Mount, but ultimately the Yavon Hashem has a very happy and successful plan. You know where he learned it from? He learned it from Yosef HaTzadik. You know why he learned it from Yosef HaTzadik? Because even though we said in the beginning of the Shir that Yosef HaTzadik was the Gilg, that Rabbi Akiva, excuse me, Rabbi Akiva was the Gilgal of Shimon, because that is the opinion of the Zohar and the Arizal that Rabbi Akiva was the Gilgal of Shimon, and therefore Rabbi Akiva cried, understanding that he is responsible for the Mechiras Yosef. But there's another opinion in the Mechubalim. Namely, the Shlach HaKadosh brings that Rabbi Akiva was the Gilgal of Yosef. That's why Akiva is called Akiva ben Yosef. And there's the concept, Yosef is Echad. That Terem as Rabbi Akiva died with Echad on his lips. And since Rabbi Akiva was the Gilgal of Yosef, who better than Yosef recognized that even what seems to be tragic and disastrous, being kidnapped from his father, taken away from the Jewish people, going to the most decrepit and degenerate society in the world, yes, it seems tra- uh, tragic. Atem chashavta malay l'roa, Eloi kim chashava that is the hashkaf of Yosef HaTzadik. Eloi kim chashava l'toiva. And therefore, Rabbi Akiva, who is a Gilgal of Yosef, is able to say, even though it seems that the Shualim Lim is Ra Elohim Kim Chasheva Rabbi Akiva is able to be Mitzachek, that was the attitude of Yosef HaTzadik, Eloi Elohim Chasheva L'toiva Eloi Kim, eloi kim l'toiva, even if Atem Chasheva Malay Ra. So this is uh, some things to think about regarding the episode of the Mechira, how on the one hand, Yosef Atsadik is crying because he recognizes that there's accountability for bad thoughts. And that, in a way, is the Kavachheimer that the brothers made, that if we're accountable for bad thoughts, imagine Abba Khoim Bardola, imagine if we not only have bad, have bad thoughts, but bad actions as well. On the other hand, the Arachayma Kaddish says that Yosef was telling the brothers, don't sweat it, it's only bad thoughts. And we, we had a question, why would that be? Are, aren't, isn't a person accountable for bad thoughts? So we said either it's because they, in the end, they did something positive or they thought they were doing a mitzvah or thoughts are not ma'akev. And then finally, uh, Rabbi Akiva, who's able to see the good in everything, perhaps this was something that he gleaned from the attitude of Yosef Atzadik. Thank you everybody for listening. I want to remind everyone, Baruch Hashem, Thursday night at 9:30, there's a special Leil Nitel Nacht event um, on Shas Illuminated. Uh, wishing everyone a wonderful day. Can I ask a quick question? Sure. Right at the beginning. The-